0: What's up everybody, this is Matthew Tynan from ESPN San Antonio and Real GM, and you're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show, and you can only find it at StingrayandTuckShow.com. The Warriors dominated
1: the Cavs in games 1 and 2. Now the series switches over to Cleveland. Can the Cavaliers make it interesting, or is it all over? We will talk about that on today's show, plus we will have a very special guest and Cecil Hurt to talk all things SEC and especially the Jeffrey Simmons situation Landon and I will have in-depth discussion about the Jeffrey Simmons situation plus the Malik Newman situation that and a whole lot more coming up on this edition of the Stingray and Tuck Show so sit back, relax, and enjoy as we get you guys ready for both game 4 and 5 of the NBA Finals Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another exciting edition of the Sting Ring and Tuck Show. We are so glad to be able to bring it to you. And real quick, we want to thank our sponsors, too, both Oz Music and Cowbell Clothing. And, uh, Thank you guys for uh, being our sponsors. I am your host, Stingray, along with Landon Tucker. Or Tuck, as we call him. <laughs> Landon, uh, first off, I want to ask you did you have a good weekend?
2: I'll tell you what, man, it was great. I sent one of my buddies off to Costa Rica. I uh, had a great time. Uh, what about you, man?
1: I did, except it was really, really hot, <laughs> and I stayed in as much as I could no. because the scorching heat is does not bode well for me.
2: Yeah, me either. Uh, it, it
1: is incredibly hot, so I, I feel you there. Um, and especially this upcoming weekend Mississippi State's going to have a baseball tournament in Starkville the super regionals as I think they call it and it is supposed to be 96 degrees on Saturday so if you're going out there make sure that you drink plenty of water and stay hydrated uh, to make sure you don't have any heat stroke or any heat related illnesses.
2: Absolutely yeah and I tell you what this this show today is going to be great. We're going to have Cecil Hurd on later on. Uh, really great great writer from the Tuscaloosa News, along with Ben Wade, the beat writer from the Commercial Dispatch.
1: And then, as always, Matthew Tynan talking about the NBA Finals. And I think we will start our show with the NBA Finals right now. The Golden State Warriors went up 2 nothing over the Cavs. And both games were not even... Competitive at, at at certain points of that game, man. I'm gonna tell you what, LeBron James and the Cavaliers—they just look flat-footed right now.
2: It's on. Un- it's really unreal. No one thought because, Stephen, you know, like we talked about, this is this is the series people wanted. This is what they want. If you're a Cavs fan, you wanted a rematch from last year, and really you're getting embarrassed right now if that's what you're wanting. Absolutely, and we will talk
1: about that here in just a second. But first, we're going to talk about in the news, and most recently I think we need to talk about the thing that happened yesterday. Unbelievably, Gus Malzahn gets extended a contract extension, I should say, until 2020. Landon, your thoughts about Gus Malzon being... Uh, extended because let me, let me let me set the stage for you here. There is no hype surrounding Gus Malzahn at Auburn. None. Okay, they just came off a seven and six year where you know they were supposed to have a Heisman Trophy quarterback that they fell flat on their face with that one. Plus, the spring game only had forty five thousand fans in attendance. That was their lowest since Gus Malzahn has been there, and now you're extending him through 2020? That makes
2: great sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously it, it's kind of confusing. And really, time will tell this season. A lot of people think this is make or break season for Gus Malzahn. Um, but one thing that is for sure is Auburn has the money to pay him if they do fire him <laughs> this year, Yes, that's for
1: sure. Uh, and also, this kind of reminds me of the same situation with uh, the Stoops guy up at kentucky they had one good year i think they were just one win away from going to bowl game and they extended him too and you see how that's got them up there
2: yeah not yeah kentucky is kind of confusing with that i mean they uh, the, you know mark mark Stevens is is a good good coach uh, i think on the defensive side uh, maybe not necessarily on the offensive side so uh, you know we'll kind of see how things go with them in the future but yeah so far not so good
1: uh another also in the news this past week uh, Mississippi State uh, dropped down the penalty on uh, and actually came up with a decision on Jeffrey Simmons and you and I both agree that it was not enough now. here is the situation: Jeffrey Simmons will be allowed to enroll at Mississippi state. he will go to counseling, and he will only be suspended for one Game and that is against the South Alabama and Landon. I will let you start off on your thoughts about the Mississippi State decision for one game.
2: Well, you know, I I like you didn't say my thoughts, might as well say my rant. I I don't understand whatsoever uh, this decision, Um, and, and I think it was really best described. Someone who literally on tape beat a woman on camera. Um. Listen, if if you saw that and thought to yourself, you know, uh, you know, it was a family situation. It was a brother and sister. It, listen, it, it was a it was a female on the ground, uh, and so I don't understand why there, it cannot be justified. And I think it was the reporter Andy Staples uh, asked um, uh, Scott Strickland this question. He said, "You know, Scott, do you realize that the one game suspension uh, that you gave Jeffrey Simmons is the exact same that a player would get uh, for targeting." If you know, obviously, if the penalty was extended, and and he was kind of speechless, <laughs> and so, you know, I don't really understand this ruling whatsoever. Uh, it's not really doing him any Jeffrey Simmons any good. He didn't really learn his lesson uh, at all. So, really, really disappointed. Remember, 2009, Dan Mullen suspended a star running back, Anthony Dixon, uh, for, Mar- for marijuana for one game. For, uh, please versus Jackson State, his first game of the season, um, and you know he ended up being, you know, obviously having a pretty good career in the NFL. But the point is, he's saying that these two things are equal, and they're completely not. What do you think, Stingray?
1: I don't know, man. I mean, I literally got lamb blasted on Facebook and Twitter for uh, speaking my opinion. I I, I go along with you. I think it should have been harsh, more harsh. Um, I, I think it should have been... Uh, four games, not not necessarily six because that's half the season, but I would say a minimum of four games. But that's neither here nor there. It is one game, and that's what it is.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I just I'd really just encourage if there was a Mississippi State fan out there, don't you know, don't be a bonehead. It's, it's just is just a game. Football is just a game. Mississippi State's a, uh, has had some great winning tradition in recent past. But it's just a game, Uh, and so don't don't let that don't let your passion for a game kind of overrule your moral your moral feelings about things. Um, You know. Also, Stephen, speaking about Mississippi State, Malik Newman uh, this this past the past few weeks kind of erupted. He uh, dropped out of the NBA draft as far as that went, and has decided to transfer from Mississippi State. What were your thoughts on that?
1: I'm not really sure, man. I mean, there's conflicting reports from the Clarion ledger that the reason he transferred is due to – that Ben Howland did not trust Malik Newman. I really don't know how you would uh, or how to judge that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, that may throw up a red flag there. It may not. It may just kind of be, you know, maybe you're good, maybe not. I don't know. But that that's that's pretty interesting when his father and also Ben, um, not Ben Howland, but Malik Newman both come out and say, you know, we just really didn't trust Ben.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a real shame. But, you know, the good news for Mississippi State, and for Mississippi State fans, is at the moment Mississippi State has the number five overall recruiting class next year. I believe it's six four-stars that have signed. So, um, you know, they're still going to have some success, definitely more success than they've had in the past four seasons.
1: Absolutely. And plus, (laughs) don't forget, we also have uh, Weatherspoon coming back, the – hero that won us the uh, Vanderbilt game. Yeah, that was pretty cool because I was there.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Starville was partying with Stingray that day, that's for sure. What else have we got in the news? Uh, Well, Steph Curry has decided, uh, it has been been confirmed, Steph Curry is going to skip the Rio Olympics. Um, You know, I I saw in a quote where, where Steph said, it's an extremely hard decision, but his body needs rest. Um, I, I get that, and let me say this from someone who is not a professional basketball player, someone who's not a professional athlete, uh, and that is this, is that your body probably does take a toll, but these Olympic games are not every year, and you don't get to play in a ton of them. So I would say really seize that opportunity because that, like, that is literally something not everybody gets to do.
1: I completely disagree with you there. Stay at home if you're allowed to because you're going to the place that has the Zika virus. Re- Reno, are you kidding me? If you are out there and you're listening to this, stay at home. Do not risk bringing Zika back to the United States because I tell you this much, I sure as heck don't want it. <laughs> and, um, you know, there was been a couple of people, I believe it was Paul Gasol, said he would not go over there because of the
2: Zika virus. Now, that's that's pretty interesting, man. That is. I guess it'll be really interesting maybe if they, you know, if the Olympics were in a different spot, if it'd be any different. Who knows?
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, that's a big discussion right now. I mean, w- w- uh, around the, the country and around the world. I mean, every sports show that you turn on is talking about would you go, would you not go because of that Zika virus?
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely. Absolutely. Um And now, you know, we kind of go into – we kind of talked a little bit about the NBA. Um, Also, Stephen mentioned – Real quick,
1: I want to also mention that in the news, breaking news – or not breaking news, but this was pretty big in Game 2 – Kevin Love suffered a concussion or basically went through concussion like protocol and did not finish game two. It's going to be real interesting to see as we move forward if he can play in game three because that would be a big loss for the Cavs if he can't.
2: Yeah, there was even a part in the game last, uh, you know, a few nights ago that uh, where Kevin Love actually, after he got his head hit, he started walking over the bench and not really knowing what was going on. Yep, Kinda that's scary. scary yep. That's when you need to come off the court, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> absolutely.
1: And um, do you want to continue with the discussion about the NBA? Because I tell you what, man, this series is becoming lights out for the Warriors, not so much for the Cavs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. i tell you, we're, we're going to make a really quick, uh, quick point in the news, and we'll go back to NBA. Okay. Um, And that is this, the Big 12 has announced that they are going to have a conference game, Big 12 conference game, starting in 2017. Now, I believe... I forgot about that. I do apologize. (laughs) The Big 12, I believe, has not had a uh, Big 12 title game. Uh, I know at least for the past three years, and so uh, that's going to be interesting. That gives the Big Twelve a better opportunity now. Not that Baylor will be there this year or years no. to come, but usually, if if the title game was here that this past year, or the year before, Baylor, TCU, teams like that would have had a better opportunity to go to the fourteen playoff. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of go back to the NBA. Yeah, the, the Cavaliers were absolutely getting throttled by the Warriors. Steven, I, I want to ask you this. This is going to be our, our big big question for for today. What happens to the Cavaliers? Let's say Game Three comes out, and let's see. Let's say they, the Cavs lose by twenty. All right, Game Four comes around, uh, you know, in Cleveland, and it's three zero, and the Cavs get beat. I don't know by thirty; they just give up completely. Cavs get swept. What happens to this Cavalier roster next year? I pretty much think Love and Irving are
1: gone. Uh, I think you really have to, you know, like the Lakers tried to do with Kobe Bryant. You don't necessarily. You build around LeBron James because now LeBron James is not necessarily your star guy. He is a piece of the puzzle. I think his prime was when he was down in Miami with Wade and Bosh. And I think he's over his prime and he's maybe, you know, four or five years uh, until retirement. So I really feel like that you have to build around the guy. Uh, not necessarily have him carry the entire team because he 's not really he 's not going to give you a forty point game every single night you know like he has before. I think those are are over he 's not as dunking as much he 's not you know doing the the main things that you need him to do night in and night out, and he has twelve hundred games. On those legs. Can you imagine that, man? 1,200 games. So, you know, I think it's only downhill for him, and I think he realizes it now. And, you know, there were a lot of discussion about could potentially the uh, Kevin Love versus the Wiggins situation, could this have come back to haunt the Cavaliers just simply because Love is really not playing up to his potential or Kyrie Irving. And now maybe Lebron's going. Uh huh. Maybe I made a mistake in trying to get love and Irving here because let 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 me, let me throw some stats at you, man. All right, this is for Kyrie Irving's overall defense, and th- these numbers right here are just embarrassing. Okay, he was at 50 percent. Uh, the opposing uh, players were shooting 50 percent over him in the regular season. That's okay. In the Eastern Conference when they played Atlanta and Toronto and Detroit, that rate went up to 55%. It's still not great, but you can live with it. Golden State over Kyrie Irving is shooting 67%. That is absolutely embarrassing. And he can't hold on to the ball. He's making bad passes. So I really think Love and Irving are both gone if the Cavaliers lose this series, which is very, very possible.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, here's the thing. I don't know if Irving would go. He might. He's actually shooting worse than Love at the moment. Um, but Love, I think, is good as gone. You said LeBron's played over 1,200 games. He's got a lot, a lot of games on those legs. Yes. But not to mention, he's got a lot of minutes. Listen, Jason Terry is a guy who, who's been playing now – uh, for 16 years, obviously, he started for Dallas during those great Maverick teams and for Atlanta. Um, as of late, he just kind of plays on and off for the Rockets. Uh, Jason Terry's been a quality shooting guard. Um, and here's a guy who he himself has played almost almost uh, 1,300 games. But here's the difference in between those two. LeBron James, on average, I mean, you, you watched him in game one, or pardon me, you watched him last year, he was playing 46 minutes. Folks, an NBA game is 48 minutes. So so LeBron James has a lot of minutes on those legs. Uh, even compared to other players who play a ton, uh, LeBron has just done so much over the years. And this really might be a situation where, um, you know, if you're LeBron James, you can't leave. In my opinion, I don't think you can, you can leave Cleveland again because no. it's going to tarnish your legacy that you really just rebuilt. I mean, people forget LeBron James now is being rooted for more than, I would say, probably more than he ever has been before because people are starting to not like the Warriors because they win so much. So he can't, he can't leave Cleveland. What do you think?
1: I, I believe so. But, you know, he might he might get upset with the GM and the, the front office, and he may leave again. But, but here's the thing, though. You know, everybody wanted the dream matchup of the Cavs and the Warriors. You've got to stop and think about something for a second. Uh, landon, this Warriors team is probably one of the best ones we've seen in history. I mean this is our generation's Michael Jordan and the Bulls team. Or maybe even better than that. Because let, let me throw this stat out at you. The Golden State Warriors in the past two seasons are one seventy and thirty four. Go I mean I mean think about that for a second. Just 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 think about I mean that's unbelievable. They won eighty four games uh, 2 years ago and i believe now or when, or i should say last year and then this year whatever uh record they have right now so i mean they're just they are the best team in my opinion that we have seen in quite some time in basketball and how do, how do you defend it how do you stop it now if you look at it like this though if you know the thunder would have knocked off the warriors you might say Cleveland has a shot to beat uh, Kevin Durant and OKC. But right now, I mean, it, basically, LeBron James and the Cavaliers just ran into a brick wall, and they can't do anything.
2: Absolutely. You know, we'll see how the series goes um, throughout the rest of the time. Uh, it's it. We hope it gets better, but it really might not. We'll be watching that situation close.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to take a very short break when we come back. We are going to hear from some of the players about games, the, the most recent uh, Game 2, and we are also going to talk with Cecil Hurt uh, about the Alabama situation. So that and a whole lot more coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show. Hey, guys, this is Stingray, host of the Stingray and Tuck Show here to tell you about Oz Music in Tuscaloosa. They have new and used CDs, DVDs, LPs, posters, and quick special orders with a 10% discount. You can contact Oz Music at 758-1222. Once again, that's 758-1222. Oz Music supports your local record store. Oz Music is located in the Parkview Shopping Center behind Flowers Bakery in Tuscaloosa. Check them out.
2: Welcome back into the Stingray and Tuck Show. Uh, we have on the Stingray and Tuck Show Hotline a very special guest, Cecil Hurt, writer for the Tuscaloosa News, a uh, gentleman who has covered Alabama football and basketball since 1982. Cecil, how are you doing tonight? Great, guys. How are you tonight? Oh, really, really wonderful! You know, imagine C- Cecil in really being able to cover Alabama since nineteen eighty two. You have uh, more than likely seen your fair share of championships, huh? I don't
3: know what the fair share is. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen i several. Um, you know, everybody would like to see one more. So
2: absolutely, uh,
3: sure. It's been it's been a you know very interesting era in Alabama sports, and really you know several eras. From Coach Bryant through Coach Stallings and, and um, through a lot of transition to Nick Saban, so it's been a it's been a very interesting time to be here.
2: Absolutely, and you know, kind of going in with Alabama, obviously been so dominant, uh, really over this entire past decade, uh, and you know, really that's that's kind of been done a few different ways with Coach Saban, but really in the trenches is where you kind of see. Uh, it seems like that's where a lot of bread and butter is, downhill running. Um, and, you know, that left tackle spot's been very coveted, and now with Cam Robinson uh, being with those, uh, has, has really been a great force for Alabama in his time uh, since coming from West Monroe, uh, Louisiana. Uh, what did you, what are you kind of hearing as far as what will happen with Cam and Hootie Jones?
3: Well, they have an arraignment on June the 16th, and until that takes place, um, I really wouldn't speculate because, um, you know, it's a, it's a legal matter, and it's something that's got to be worked out um, in city court in Monroe. So I, I don't know the district attorney there um, in Ouachita Parish. Uh, I'm sure he's very fair and competent official, and, and we'll see what they say. But if it's a felony charge that, that sticks with Cam, then that's one thing, and if not, it's another. But the arraignment's in 10 days— uh, so we'll have, you know, maybe settled before that, and, and so we'll have a lot more information. But I just, I just hesitate to to speculate about our legal system. You know, I, I think it needs to to work without undue pressure and without people getting at a, a a verdict when they hadn't seen all the evidence.
1: Yeah. All right, Cecil Stingray here. Um, switching over to another West team for just a second. Last week, Jeffrey Simmons, the situation uh, was dropped by Mississippi State. What was your thoughts about the decision for Jeffrey Simmons made by Mississippi State?
3: Well, I thought that it, it could have been handled better, and I'm not out to see somebody's um, life ruined in a situation like that. At the same time, I recognize the seriousness of the situation, I think from a from a both from a public relations standpoint and from a from a human standpoint, I think they would have been better served to, to say and let the university officials, not the athletic department officials, announce the fact that he had been admitted to Mississippi State, that they had made that decision independent of any input from athletics, um, if, that's, if that's indeed how that went down. And then, you know, it, it's early. There's no reason to, to specify oh, it's going to be a, a one-game suspension. You know, let, let's get him to Starkville, well, if, if that's the intention. Get him in counseling. Um, you know, have him go through all that. And, and football can come after that. And that may be the middle of September. maybe October. Maybe he needs a redshirt year. But, but I thought, you know, to announce a one-game suspension in Destin was uh, – I knew at the time that it happened that Mississippi State was going to take a, a PR hit for that, and and understandably so. You know, the, the times are different than, than they have been, and I'm not I'm not singling out Mississippi State. Alabama's had issues, Georgia's had issues. You know, every college campus is going mm-hmm. to have issues, but but I, I don't think that to to handle these things entirely within the framework of athletics uh, is is what's going to happen in the future, nor do I think it's what should happen. I, I, you know, let the university take care of uh, who they'll allow on the university campus. And then that's totally separate from whether they're ready to, to compete in football. So I was, again, without slamming Mississippi state, I was a little disappointed uh, that they said, well, it's a one game suspension and that's, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, maybe Scott Strickland left the door open and maybe it won't be the first game, but you know, and I know that that's very likely what it's going to be. So, um, you know, I think it could have been handled better, but I, I don't want to entirely condemn Mississippi State. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't make Mississippi State Baylor, but I, I will say this: if, if Jeffrey Simmons comes to to Starkville and and has another problem, then then people's jobs are on the line, and, and they should. Let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Now that a decision's been made and that, that everything works out and that the young man can can have a positive
2: experience going forward. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, kind of with these off-seasons, typically you get kind of, uh, unfortunately, you get messy stories that happen. Um, and then finally, sure. we'll be able to get back to football at some point. But uh, down on the plains, uh, you know, announced uh, obviously Monday night that Gus Malzahn will have his contract extended through 2020. Cecil, what did you make of that situation? Because really, I think people kind of have mixed emotions about Gus. They
3: do, but you have to do that. It's the standard one year rollover for recruiting purposes. They didn't extend it any particular length. They extended the buyout one year, extended the contract one year. They really didn't change the financial terms. And yeah, if you're in a situation where you're buying out a coach and hiring another coach these days, I mean, it's incredible to say. Another two million here or there isn't going to save anybody. <laughs> so, you know, it make us feel a little better if that situation at the end of the year. Um, but I understood why did it. I thought it was pretty standard. They didn't really increase the buyout. They just, they just keep, you, you keep your coach at four years because if you don't, people will use it against you in their career.
1: Absolutely. And going back to another. Um, SEC West team for a second Ole Miss. There's been a lot of speculation and turmoil over there in Oxford. Some people believe that they could definitely get the death penalty because of this. What are you hearing about the Ole Miss situation? And do you still think that is a possibility for them?
3: I don't know what they'll get. And I, you know, I, I frankly don't think anybody will ever get the death penalty again after what happened at SMU. Right. So that's really not something that I think's on the table. I do think that more is on the table than there than what they've self-imposed, because that's always the situation, and because the case didn't close. So we'll see, you know, what happens going forward as the NCAA continues to investigate Laramie Tunsil, and you know that can lead to other things, and so this could this could perpetuate itself for some time. But you know, I've been through I've been through a lot of in, NCAA investigations and done a lot of a lot of work and a lot of research, and and the one thing I will say. Nobody. That includes me, that includes the people at Ole Miss, that includes anybody who's telling you it's not gonna be that bad, that includes anybody who's telling you it's gonna be terrible. Nobody knows what that committee on infractions is gonna think at that infractions here. And and they can speculate all they want to, but they don't know. My only my only I don't I'm not privy to all the information that's at Ole Miss. The only thing in the entire thing that's bothered me was when the story came out at the end of January and people were saying, well, this isn't that bad, this isn't going to be this, this isn't going to be that. When you're getting your information from inside an institution and they're telling you this and they're telling you that, you better be very wary before you put that information out because they don't know and they only have one side of the story.
2: Mm. And and Cecil... Uh, kind of we talked a minute, minute ago all the all the stuff in the off season is, is is uh hopefully uh, a few more months and then we'll be finally back to football so now see so alabama uh, you know we mentioned it's really just been so dominant uh you know with with nick saban being here um winning the national title last year uh the year before going to the playoff uh now in this year uh the college football playoff does do you think alabama has a legitimate chance uh to repeat as national champion and if not alabama is there an SEC team that you think we should keep an eye on as far as who might be in that Final Four?
3: Well, first of all, Alabama does have have a chance because Nick Saban has, has put them as a program in that position where they have the athletes to win their enough games to win the right games to win the conference champion and the championship and the SEC champion is going to have an opportunity to be in the Final Four and compete for the for the championship. So that. It, they have that chance. You know. They also, you know, all a coach can do is, is have a roster and have enough players and enough outstanding players and have them prepared as well as they can. But there, there's no coach in America that, that can guarantee that they're going to win every game. And people don't like to hear this, but it is the truth. You got to have a little luck uh, along the way, and Alabama's had that. So whether it's whether it's in last season with Arkansas beating on this and letting Alabama go to the last championship game, whether it's, it's other years in which teams have lost, whether it's getting a second opportunity to play LSU. Um, you know, unless you absolutely run the table and even in two thousand nine when Alabama did that, it takes a block field goal to beat Tennessee and so forth. So, you know, saying, Oh, they've got the best team You know, you can make an argument that talent-wise, certainly the NFL draft would support this argument, that talent-wise, Ohio State had the best team last year. Could have won the national championship. They didn't get the opportunity to do it. So Alabama is certainly good enough. If everything goes well for them, you know, they can win enough games on their own that their margin for error is probably smaller than than any other team in the SEC. But that doesn't mean that, that there isn't a margin that it, it, they or anybody is guaranteed. If it weren't them, you know, LSU has a pretty favorable schedule and a lot of talent. Um, Tennessee is getting a lot of attention. You yeah, know, I'm really going to have to see Tennessee win a big game uh, before I get um, too enthused. You know, they, they had a nice year last year, uh, played well against uh, Northwestern in their bowl game, you know, so so good for them. But, but you yeah, know, I'm going to need to see them you know, really win a big game against a contender. They may not play one until they play Alabama. So so we'll see. You know, and, and people say, oh, what about Georgia and what about Florida? Those are big games for them. But I'm talking about national contenders, which I don't think Georgia and Florida will be this year. Although Georgia could. You know, they, they could. It'd be quite a job by Kirby, but they've got talent in Georgia.
1: Yeah. And one final question before we uh, send you off here. With the Warriors – and Cavaliers game getting really interesting in the NBA Finals. Can the Cavaliers now make it interesting after being down 0-2 when they go back home tomorrow night?
3: Um, I don't get any NBA questions, so I appreciate that. <laughs> right. um, can they? Uh, maybe they're playing at home. They, they really struggle defending against the uh, against the Warriors, and, and you have to believe at some point, know, the Warriors won two games easily without Curry or Thompson shooting the ball like they're capable. Mm. And if they do, I, I don't think the Cavaliers can be I think the Cavaliers will win one of these two games in Cleveland, but I think they'll have a very difficult time pushing this series past five games.
2: Absolutely, Cecil Hurt, uh, writer for the Tuscaloosa News, an absolute professional and also a guy with a little bit of of NBA expertise as well, we found out. Cecil, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Sure,
1: guys. Thanks very much. Have
4: a good
2: one. Okay.
1: All right. Well, we want to thank, once again, Cecil Hurt for coming on the show, and we're going to take a very short break. And when we come back, we are going to start uh, our NBA discussion with our NBA correspondent, Matthew Tynan, and also – hear from Steph Curry and LeBron James about Games 1 and 2. You don't want to miss that. You're listening to the
0: Stingray and Tuck Show only on StingrayandTuckShow.com. What's up, everybody? This is Matthew Tynan from ESPN San Antonio and Real GM, and you're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show, and you can only find it at StingrayandTuckShow.com.
1: Welcome back into the Stingray and Tuck Show, and now we are about to continue our discussion with the NBA playoffs with our NBA correspondent, Matthew Tynan, and he is standing by on the Stingray and Tuck Show hotline. Hey, Matt, it's Steven. Uh, let's, let's try this for a third time. Okay. I do apologize. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right, first off, what have you made of the dominant performance by the Golden State Warriors, and are you surprised by it?
0: I'm not surprised by it. They have too many uh, two-way players that the Warriors do. They're, they're too deep in, in terms of guys who can play offense and defense both at, uh, at an excellent level. Uh, Cleveland does not have that. They, they're they pretty deep. They have a lot of good players, but, but many of them are one-way players, That meaning either offense or defense. One of the big stories coming into these finals were, hey, the Cleveland Cavaliers have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving this year. They did not have them last season. But the problem that presents is... The the roster that the Cavs rolled out last finals was defensive-oriented, and they slowed the pace down. They made sure LeBron basically had the ball on every possession for almost every second that he played. And outside of that, they played really tough defense. They made life really difficult on the Warriors. Whenever you include Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, who are um, empirically below average to bad defenders, that changes a lot of things, and we've seen that in this um, in this series so far, where even if the Cavs try to slow things down, the Warriors just kind of break it up, and they, and they end up uh, beating them up on the offensive end. They end up um, getting easy baskets, even if they're trying to... And, and by the way, they've done a good job of keeping Steph Curry and Klay Thompson from scoring a whole bunch of points, but all the other guys are scoring. Um, the bench is scoring, so... Things aren't really going that well uh, for the Cavaliers in that capacity, and I just don't think – and, again, I picked, I picked the Warriors in five before this series started. Uh, so, so honestly, none of this really surprised me. All right.
1: It, let's staying with the Cavs for just a second. If the Cavs are swept, could you see – or could we see – LeBron blowing up the roster or, or leaving the team at all?
0: Well, he has a lot of control. He has a lot of say over what that team does uh, structurally. Uh, I can't see him leaving they lose because of the fact that he made this big deal. He made this, uh, and I think that he probably thought it was going to be easier for him, going to Cleveland, meeting up with Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Love, guys who he felt were, were younger and had a better future than Dwayne Wade, uh, and Chris Bosh. I mean, there was a reason he left Miami. The the, the Spurs sort of decimated those guys. It, it made him feel like they were old, um, and he went to a team he felt was younger, more more able to to match up athletically. The problem is, I'm not sure he he accounted for the fact that that the Warriors were going to be this that the Thunder were going to continue to be this, that, hey, the Spurs got LaMarcus Aldridge, they're going to continue to be this. So no matter what team he faced in the, in the finals, it was going to be really, really difficult. Um, but at this point, I mean, considering the uh, all the attention and the drama and everything that surrounded him going back to Cleveland, uh, especially the fact that he wrote that letter, all the commercials, everything saying that he wants to win one for the land, if he leaves Cleveland after two years without winning a title, he's going to face a, just a tidal wave of criticism. I think it's more likely uh, that we would see Kevin Love heading out of Cleveland if things go really ugly uh, the rest of the way in these finals. To me, that would be the most likely option. Not, And probably not even really Kyrie, but uh, I would say if I had to bet if things get really ugly, I think it would probably be Kevin Love. It would uh, that would be sort of, I don't know, uh, orchestrated his way out of town. Maybe not even that. Maybe it would be LeBron orchestrating his way out of town, uh, orchestrating Kevin Love's way out of town. Uh, but I can't, see, I can't see LeBron leaving Cleveland at this point uh, if they haven't won a title.
1: What you, did you make of Steph Curry withdrawing his name from the Olympics? And who have you heard announced will play in Rio this summer?
0: I can't blame I can't blame Steph at this point for for trying to protect himself. Now remember, because of his ankles a couple of years ago, he signed a really a, a huge bargain of deal uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Again, because of his ankles, so so they're in a situation where they don't even have to pay him a max contract, where he's absolutely worth a max contract. So I can't I can't blame him for taking care of himself. Um, the other element of this is it's it's not a lot. It's not a big secret right now that players are a little bit concerned about the Zika virus when yes. it comes to playing in these Olympics. Um, it's, uh, there is uh, there are some murmurs about a lot of players on the United States team uh, not willing to go uh, and, and play in these Olympics. And I think that this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I know Pau Gasol has been the guy who's been most vocal about it, but it's more than just Pau Gasol. Um, there are going to be players, we're going to see it in, in the coming you know, weeks and months that are, that are talking about not wanting to participate and that's a big deal. Um, I I think Steph's motivation at this point is to take care of his knee, uh, the knee he hurt during the playoffs, sort of rehabilitate it, make it healthy, uh, and also take care of his future. He's got a lot of money to make, and and that's important. But I'm just going to say, man, let's uh, pay attention in the next couple of weeks, next couple of uh, months leading up to these Olympics. Um, and uh, there there might be some uh, big names dropping out and some other names filling in, so it's going to be really, really interesting to watch that.
1: All right, and one more final question. I just wanted to throw this here at you. Uh, With Game 3 tomorrow night, can Cleveland get one game at home, or do you think it's a clean sweep by the Warriors?
0: I think they can get one game. Um, okay. Again, as I as I said earlier, I think they. I, I think the Warriors win in five. I think they win back home, but that's just a prediction. Uh, that doesn't mean a whole lot. These guys are these guys are just better than the Cavaliers. Um, there may be that you know that extra emotion coming back home. That extra element of you know let um, uh, you know that that emotion that that. Crowd behind them, getting them, getting them energized. Where you know, where in the past couple of games, uh, the Warriors have been energized by their own home crowd. So that always plays a part of it. But man, the Warriors are just better. Uh, they, they're too deep. Again, as I said earlier, they're too deep. Uh, too many two-way players. Um, the Cavs have to mix and match way too much. They have too many offensive and you know, offensive or defensive players. They don't really have both. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I think it's gonna. We'll see if Kevin Love is is concussed and he's out of the lineup. It might make things kind of weird. Uh, it it might force the Cavs to try something different and maybe something more successful. Who knows? So that's going to be an interesting storyline to follow as well. Um, but at the same time, man, I, I just don't see this series going beyond the game five. I think the Cavs can get one at home. Um, you know, we've seen weirder things happen, but. It really looks kind of grim for Cleveland right
1: now. Thank Matt Tynan, always uh, there with In-Depth about the NBA. We want to thank you for coming on and uh, enjoy your NBA, and we will talk to you next week. That sounds good, Stephen. We'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you. And if you're confused, we had to try, Matt, three different times due to technical difficulties, so that's why I mentioned early on, let's try this for a third time. So just to clear up any confusion, and now we will uh, continue with our NBA discussion as I have some sound bites to play for you guys from lebron james and steph curry about game two the most recent as they look forward to game three tomorrow night and after the performance by the cavaliers in game one and two lebron james was asked after game two was he frustrated or disappointed in his team he responded with this right here
5: oh neither not disappointed our guys um Or frustrated we just got to do a better job we got to be better at all facets of the game both offensively and defensively um, both physically and mentally Uh, they just beat us at every um, we didn't win anything no no points of the game did we beat them in anything even when we had an early lead they beat us to 50-50 balls Uh, they got extra possessions they got extra tip-ins That beat us pretty good tonight. Got myself in a lot of trouble tonight. Um, Personally, turned the ball over way too much. And I said after game one, you just can't can't turn the ball over against a great team and expect to win. And uh, I had, uh, you know, basically half of the turnovers. I mean, we had some in the fourth quarter, but we had our third group in. They had some, but I had half of the turnovers when I came out. And uh, it resulted in them getting some easy baskets. So um, I got to be better. I got to be better with the ball. You know, trying to play make for myself and play make for my teammates at the same time. I just got to be more solid.
1: During game two, at one point, there was a time where Cleveland had a 28-22 lead, but then two turnovers completely broke the game wide open. Here's what LeBron had to say about that entire sequence and moving forward in game two after that.
5: Um, The game kind of broke open. We had two straight turnovers. I think the game was at 28-22. I turned the ball over, Draymond got it and uh was able to hit um I think Livingston for a dunk. And then we had another turnover and uh Clay hit a three and that kind of kinda slowed us down. Even though we we're still about to get back in the game, that just slowed us down from that point on. We had that lead and you know it started with my turnover. And I can't uh, I can't just be on uh on I can't be careless with the ball, you know, especially in the paint where a lot of reaching and things of that nature happen. So 18 turnovers once again for 26 points. I think it was 17 for 25 in game one. It's just not um, it's not good basketball.
1: And, of course, you watch this Cavalier team, and it looks like something is just off on the defensive end, on the offensive end, players not contributing. LeBron James was asked about that after game two, and basically he said he really doesn't know what or he can't really pinpoint what's wrong. Here's what he had to say about that entire situation and moving forward to Game Three, how they can get better.
5: Oh, we still we got to get back to the film, and uh, we all have to figure out ways we can help the team be successful. It's hard for me to kind of pinpoint what's not working and what could work right now. Um, you know, obviously not much is working. You know, especially offensively. Uh, Defensively, we've been good at times, and then at times we just look like okay. We're a step slow. We mess up on the coverage. We don't get back, or we're one, just one step behind where we should be. We should be closer to our man, and you know, we get when you're behind these guys, they make you pay every single time. So, um, we can't have as many mental lapses. More than the physical, it's uh, a lot of the mental as well. These t- these guys put you in so many different mental positions where you have to just kind of figure it out, and uh, they make you pay for it when you don't.
1: You can definitely hear the disappointment in uh, LeBron James' uh, voice there in that press conference, and pretty much they are in desperation uh, mode as they head for game three, like we said, tomorrow night. But now on the other side, the Golden State Warriors have a little bit different uh vantage point of the game here's what Steph Curry had to say about uh, games one and two at home and of course playing in Cleveland tomorrow night
4: I mean we haven't won anything really We I mean we took care of home court advantage which is what we're supposed to do um, there's still a lot of basketball left and you know how we show up in Cleveland will be a big test for us um, they have a, a great home atmosphere and and obviously the way that the first two games have gone, um, you would expect Cleveland to come out with a lot of energy and feed off of that home crowd. So um, I'm only worried about game three.
1: With LeBron, you can pretty much tell that it's just, you know, what do we do from here? We, we're we just really struggling right now. And, of course, Golden State is, is very business as usual. Steph Curry was asked uh right now, with his team by the Splash Brothers not really being as uh, impactful as they have been in the past, who he would pick as his MVP uh, on the team right now and of course of Games 1 and 2. Here's what he had to say about his uh, other guys around him uh, contributing and his MVP right now for the Golden State
4: Warriors. I mean, you could you could pick from a lot of guys. You know, Draymond what he did tonight, Sean what he did in game one, Andre with his defense on LeBron. Um, you know, Clay making timely shots. Um, we're doing it by committee, and everybody is, is playing their role. Uh, and the crazy thing is, we can all play better. So we gotta continue to play the defense that we're doing, and individuals will shine along the way. And, and that's what we that's what we're about.
1: And, of course, you know LeBron James hope they don't play any better uh, when they come into their building tomorrow night because the 20-point deficit and the uh, 110-77 uh, loss by the Cavaliers may be even more than that if the Golden State Warriors play any better. That's actually kind of scary to think about that team playing any better. But uh, we want to thank, of course, as always, uh, Warriors.com and Cavs.com for allowing us to pull this audio for you guys here on the Stingray and Tuck Show. And we are going to take a very short break. And when we come back, we are going to stop our NBA discussion and talk a little Mississippi State football, basketball, and baseball with a very special guest. So you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Stingray and Tuck Show only
2: on StingrayandTuckShow.com. Hey, MSU fans and alumni, this is Landon Tucker from the Stingray and Tuck Show. Look, Cowbell Clothing has awesome cowbell embroidered polos and t-shirts. They also have caps and unique cowbell logo items such as belts, bags. They even have pet accessories. All you have to do is go to cowbellclothing.com and get yours today.
1: Welcome back into the Stingray and Tuck Show. Now we are glad to be joined by... Ben Waite, Mississippi State beat writer for the Commercial Dispatch. Ben, you doing okay tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Good. Listen, Ben, first off, what was your overall thought on the entire Jeremy uh, Jeffrey Simmons situation at Mississippi State? Did they give enough punishment, or should it have been more?
6: Yeah, I I, I had no problem with allowing him to enroll, and obviously we've such a touchy situation that you, you figured that there was going to be some suspension. One game I thought w- was really low. I was talking with several other people. and I, I thought at the minimum it should have been at least six games, you know, half the season, if not the entire season. You kind of make him sit out uh, this coming season. You don't even redshirt him. You just kind of let him go through practice and really kind of work his way into earning uh, the trust of the coaching staff and the team. Uh, so yeah, I was a little I was a little surprised that it was only one game. Like that I didn't think that was enough. Now, granted, I think maybe uh, they could go more. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's set in stone. I think they'll, they'll you know they they're obviously catching a, a lot of heat from that of, right now, so mm-hmm. they may increase that as it goes. But uh, like I said, I don't, I don't know if anything's really set in stone with that. I think that's just kind of a starting point, and they may reevaluate it for you know. You know, if they, if they decide to let him play as a freshman, they may reevaluate that, uh, or, or they may reevaluate it next spring and next fall before uh, next season.
1: Right. And speaking of this upcoming season, how do you think Mississippi State in football will fare without Dak Prescott under center?
6: Yeah, it's going to be tough. There's no doubt. I mean, obviously, the, the guy was school record holder with 38, I think, 38 school records. So. I mean, the hard guy to replace. They've got some guys that that obviously have some talent. When you talk about Nick Fitzgerald and Elijah Staley, even Nick Tiano, a lot of people talk highly about them. They've got some guys there. You got the, you know, the, the guy who's been there with the experience and Damian Williams. So, so they've got some options. Uh, but there's no doubt that it's going to be some some big shoes to for those guys and, and whoever the starting quarterback, whoever it's going to be, they're going to have a lot of expectations for for them to. Uh, and it may be a slow process to begin with. I mean, if you look at Mississippi State's uh, record early on, it's, it's fairly easy when you look at who they play. So, so those, those quarterbacks are going to have some chances early on in the season uh, to get some experience under the belt and, and not like a big, you know, tight pressure situation. So, so they will have some chances to really throw some big numbers and get a lot of reps, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, for Mississippi State, it'll be tough without Dak. I mean, I think the team – Obviously, you look at the defense, they got some good pieces for training on defense when you talk about a Brandon Bryant back in, uh safety. So I think they've got the pieces. It's just about can they get them together? Can they get these guys that don't have experience, face the experience they need? Because as we've seen, you know, last several years in the SEC, you get to November, it's just tough. It just wears on a team. Yeah. Uh, oh, just about nearly every SEC team. Even Alabama, sometimes you can just see where November kind of wears on them. So I think that's kind of what they're pushing for. And they're just hoping that, you know, the first seven,
2: eight games, kind of get them ready for that November push. And, and you know, Ben, you, you kind of talked about all the different quarterback options. Um, who do you think will be the starting quarterback right now, week one, South Alabama, who is going to be, I would say under center, but most likely in shotgun? Yeah, and, and I had to put money on it right now as we speak. I, I think it will be Nick Fitzgerald. That's the guy we kind of to. Uh, you know, even last fall, as we saw,
3: he got the most reps
6: uh, As a backup, I think he played like six games. Staley played in two, and obviously Damian Williams and and Nickiano were redshirted. And and then as a spring kind of guy here, we kind of saw. I mean, they they took about equal number of reps. uh, But uh, when you look at it, Nick Fisher was taking reps with the one, you know, early on in in practices, and that kind of led you to think maybe he's the he's the front runner right now. So I think he he really is the front runner. I think that's who many people. People get the job, but it's so tough because it, you know they, they have different you know skill sets. I mean, you look at uh, Fitzgerald and, and, and Staley; they're they're different type of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Staley's got a really good arm. Uh, Southpaw can really throw it all over uh, the stadium, and, and you look at Fitzgerald just just really good when when it comes to just running that spread type of offense. And like I mentioned, Nick Keanu, people are really, really excited about him. There's been a lot of talk about him up from the coaching staff. They really like what he brings. And, and not only from just the skill level, they like just the way he handles himself. I mean, a lot of people kind of, you know, compared his attitude and just his aurora to, to, to Dak. So that, that, that speaks volumes for, for a young guy like that. And, and then, like I said, uh, you know, Damien, I would not be surprised if Damien got the dude because he, he does have the experience that that's what – if that's what uh, Dan wants to do. But, yeah, if I had to pick right now, I think it would
1: be good Fitzgerald. All right. Switching to basketball just for a second, uh, big news out of Mississippi State. Uh, a few weeks ago, Malik Newman opts out of the NBA draft but then decides to transfer from Mississippi State. How is that going to affect the basketball team moving forward as they now lose Malik Newman?
6: Yeah, I think a lot of people, obviously, when when you lose a, a guy like that, Malik Newman obviously was a five-star guard, one of the top prospects uh, in the class of uh, 2006 or, or 15, whatever it was. A lot of people, you know, when, when he signed with State, said they were really excited, really thought that he was going to come in his first year. And in age, we saw injuries kind of father him. It just, you know, really didn't quite live up to expectations. Uh, so I think initially people thought, you know, Malik gone, that might hurt me too say. But to be honest, I don't think it's that big of a deal. When you look at, you know, Quindary Weatherston, obviously that was the guy that, that people were talking about, uh, you know, in February and March. He just he had a phenomenal freshman season, really came out of nowhere. But if you talk to the coaching staff in November like I did, they spoke really highly uh, of, of Q and they thought he was going to have a big season, and boy, did he. So I think that you get Quindary back and that was the – uh, that, that's really big to have him back Cause there was there was talk of him, him going into the NBA. I think it, it was a long shot, but just the way he played, I mean, he really upped his draft stock. And, and there's no doubt he'll get a look after after this season. But then you talk about the guys, kind of, you know, the kind of bring in Mario Keckler, big time recruit. That's a that's a big feather in the cap for Dan, uh, for for Ben Hallen, and then obviously. Tyson Carter, Start well I've seen him play several times, too, he can just flat out-shoot. Uh, and you talk about the guys that they kind of come back, Ajay Reddy, just your typical point guard, and it was a position that Malik Newman was playing and fighting for, so you see, so he's got a point guard, so guys, I, I don't think they will be that bothered by, by Malik not being on the team. Uh, I mean, I think if you had him, I think it just makes your team that much better because of what he can bring um, to the table, but but I, but I really think
2: that they'll be okay with that. Yeah, and you know, obviously with uh, with, with that, that's going to be kind of difficult but the recruiting class is going to be wonderful. Um, and then kind of going on back to football, uh, the school up north, Ole Miss, obviously having some situations as far as recruiting goes. Um, ben, where do you see this situation at Ole Miss ultimately falling out? Where do you think, how much do you think they'll be penalized? Yeah, to
6: be honest, I really haven't looked at the, the Ole Miss situation as much as some other people have. I mean, I've, I've heard some people talk about it, and it doesn't sound good for Ole Miss. Obviously, the, what was it, 14 of the allegations, or 11 of the 14 allegations were under the current staff, uh, uh, which is which is obviously not good. I mean, if you can, you know, kind of play it off on on, a, um, on the staff that was here beforehand, I don't think it would be that bad. But, yeah, just from what I've heard and from understanding, I, it, could be, it could be bad, but then, you know, you talk to some Ole Miss people and they don't think it will be quite as bad. I think I, – you know, at this point, if I had to guess, like I said, not being that aware of the situation, not reading as much as maybe I should, I think you would go 50-50 either way. I mean, I, what do they – they they've already been imposed, uh, you know, several scholarships, I think 11 scholarships over five five years, I think, if that's right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that if the NCA will say, hey, we're okay with that. They may, they may want more. They may be out for more. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think, you know – You know, some Ole Miss fans are really worried right now. Just like I said, just talking to some people about it, and it seems that some Ole Miss fans are are really worried. So, like I said, I think it could go
2: either way. And, Ben, um, you know, obviously both teams in Mississippi, actually, let me take that back. All three teams in Mississippi, uh, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, really had great success in baseball this season. Um, Now that Southern Miss was eliminated by South Alabama, Ole Miss ultimately eliminated by Tulane a few days ago. Now Mississippi State stands as the, over, the sixth overall seed. Are they in a position, Ben? Do you think that this team can legitimately win the entire this entire thing, win the college world series, or do you think they have great talent, but there is just too many great teams out there?
6: No, I think they're definitely capable of going to Omaha and we, I, 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 you know, I, I said before the season started, I watched them a little bit in the fall, and I did. I did several stories. of before the season started in January, February, just just previewing the season and just talking to the guys, there was just a different air about them, a different confidence about them. And they felt ready. They were ready to put last season behind them. And uh, at that point in time, I, I just, I, I made a middle note that, I thought, hey, I think this team can be really good. And, and it has turned out to be that way. They're going to win the, the SEC and then we a national seat. Now they're in a super regional two wins away from a from going to Omaha. And I think if they do get to Omaha, I definitely think they can win. I don't think they're going to be one of these teams that just kind of shows up and goes two and out or or one and two. There's some good teams out there. There's no doubt about that when you look at uh, some of the teams that are still alive. There's some really good pitchers out there, uh, some really good hitters. It's going to be tough for Mississippi State. There's no doubt about that. But you look at what they've done. They went to Florida. It's a tough place to play. And they beat a really good Florida team two out of three. They went to Vanderbilt and beat a tough Vanderbilt at the time, two out of three. They went to LSU, and we see what LSU is doing right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. They took two out of three from LSU. So this team has been to has been to some places that are tough to win, and they've done it. Uh, they, they, they've beaten beyond. So I think there's no doubt that this team makes its own law. They definitely have what it takes to win. it. I mean, you talk about guys like Jake Mang- Mangum and, and Dakota Hudson, uh, Brent Rooker and Nathaniel Lowe, who probably doesn't get talked about as much as he show. I've mentioned this several times. I think he's the MVP of the team. I they, they've got the pieces to do this, and then you add with what the, uh, Zach Houston is doing as of late. I mean, they they're really coming together right now, and I would not be surprised at all if they win an national championship.
1: Awesome. And one final question, going back to basketball, just for uh, a little bit. The Golden State Warriors now lead the NBA Finals 2-0 tomorrow night when they face up against the Cavaliers in Cleveland. Can the Cavs make it interesting, or is it pretty much over?
6: <laughs> you asked me this. I haven't watched a lick of the NBA this year at all. I haven't watched any of the, the playoffs and the finals. I've obviously kept up with it and seen who have won and. And, obviously, we all know what what Golden State can do with Steph Curry, and I know Klay Thompson's playing really well. Uh, I I think in the end, Golden State will probably win. Do the Cavs get swept? I don't know. That's going to be tough. I think going back to Cleveland, that'll help them. uh, You know, uh, LeBron James will will probably have that team ready for game three. Uh, It'll be tough. I I think at this point in time, down 2-0, many people think it's done, and and that's probably right. I I think if you you would – but, you know, percentages only, it's probably 90% chance that I think Golden State's going to win and only 10% chance that uh, Cleveland's going to come back and win. So, yeah, I, I think it's
1: basically over. Man, I'm going to tell you what, I highly recommend you watch tomorrow night because that is some entertaining basketball for sure.
6: I, I might do that. I, I do
2: have the MLB TV package that I paid like 120 bucks for, so I watch a lot more baseball than I probably should. So right. I have not like I said, haven't kept up with, with basketball as much. All right. Absolutely. Ben Waite, uh, absolute professional um, guy from the Commercial Dispatch. Ben, we really do appreciate you coming on the Stingray and Tuck Show, and we really hope to have you on throughout the season as well.
1: Yeah,
2: thanks for having me on, guys. All right,
1: thank you. All right, well, we're going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we are going to play a game we like to call What's More Likely, and also a new game, Would You Rather? That and a whole lot more coming up on the Stingray and Tuck Show, only on StingrayandTuckShow.com. Hey, guys, this is Stingray, host of the Stingray and Tuck Show, Are you tired of Facebook groups with members that constantly attack you about sports? Leave them and come join us at Sports Talk 365, where there will be no attacking, there will be no trolling, there will be no post about racism, politics, or even religion. Just straight Sports Talk. So if you're interested, come on and join us. You must be 18 or older to join Welcome back inside the Stingray and Tuck Show. And now we are going to play a new game that I came up with called Would You Rather? And basically what this is, Landon, is I give you two scenarios, and and they're both going to be bad, and you have to tell me which one you would rather do. Are you ready? Oh, man. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. All right. Have Mississippi State lose the Egg Bowl for... In 2016, for the third straight year, or eat a dozen raw eggs?
2: Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say I I have a pretty strong stomach. I'd rather, I think I could eat 12, 12, you said raw eggs? Yes. I don't think I'm going to go with 12 raw eggs even.
1: Yeah, it might be worth Killing yourself over not not to lose the egg bowl again. All right, next question: Be stranded on the grove by yourself on a game day, or be stranded on a deserted island for the rest of your life?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going to choose the grove uh, for multiple reasons. <laughs> Um, number one, actually, is very, very beautiful out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to go with the Grove. What
1: about you? And, of course, the scenery is not that bad, too, with the, pe- be- the beautiful women Yes, there. there
2: are some pretty ladies I have heard. Uh, yes. <laughs> is, that, is that the same thing you choose to, you think you'd, you'd say at the Grove? Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm not, I would never,
1: ever say their little catchphrase or whatever. <laughs> Hell state. <laughs> All right, next up. Listen to cowbells for 24 hours straight or listen to a Vugozuela for one hour. Now, remember, the Vugozuela were the things down in Australia at the uh, soccer thing that were out there. The... Oh, was that Brazil or mm-hmm. Australia? Uh, Brazil. I, I apologize.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um. I, well, you said
1: a cowbell for 24 hours or a Vugozuela for
2: one hour. Uh, I, lie, I mean, I like cowbells. Like they're they're cool. And you know, kind of growing up in Starville, uh, I got to hear them a whole lot. But uh, yeah, twenty four hours, man. Talk about a massive, massive headache. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about this one? Lose the egg
1: bowl for the third straight time, or lose a pinky?
2: Uh, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with losing the uh, egg bowl again. Um, I like Mississippi State a whole lot, but I like my pinky more, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with that.
1: All right, and what about this one? Have Ole Miss win the national championship in 2016 or Mississippi State go 0-12? Um, I'm going to
2: go ahead. I'm going to go with – it's kind of tough. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say Ole Miss win the national, chi- national title. Um, you know, the thing is they're not, they're not entirely far off as people think they are. Um. Obviously, with recruiting violations, yeah. But they have a lot of talent to do that. Um, who knows? This might be the year, if any, uh, to pull that off. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Ole Miss uh, winning winning national title over Mississippi going up. Okay.
1: And real quick, let me let me answer that one too. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of hate from Mississippi State fans, but I think I would rather Ole Miss win the national title. And here's why: because Mississippi State right now. Has according to 24/7sports.com, they have the number ten overall recruiting class coming in for 2017, and if Mississippi State went 0 and 12, you can kiss that goodbye. So I would, I would definitely say not go 0 and 12.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. All uh, right,
1: and I think Landon is now going to switch games.
2: Of course, absolutely. And, and let me mention, we do love our Ole Miss listeners as well. So, absolutely. So, hey, I, I, I think I might root for Ole Miss in the national title.
1: All right. Because yeah, it's SEC. Of course, of course.
2: All right, Stephen, we're going to go from would you rather to what's more likely. Okay. Stephen, i got a few for you. All right. Stephen, what's more likely? Kevin Love does not return to the Cleveland Cavaliers next season or – Hugh Freeze is not with Ole Miss at the start of next season. Kevin Love leaves. You think that's more likely? Why yes,
1: so? uh, because I, th- I think Hugh Freeze is pretty much uh, right there, unless, of course, Ole Miss gets the death penalty. Then I think they might let him go. I don't think the NCAA will go that far, so I'm going to have to go Kevin Love because I, I really don't think Mississippi- uh, Ole Miss could justify firing, uh, you freeze. I mean, this is nothing like having to do with Baylor, so I don't think you fire your coach for even the paying of players right now.
2: Okay, all right. And and now we go with, would you rather, or pardon me, let me ask you this. What's more likely? What is more likely, Stephen, an SEC team winning the baseball national championship, College mm-hmm. World Series, or an SEC team winning the national championship next year? In football, in football. Okay. Um,
1: can I say both?
2: Got to be one or the other. What's what's more likely? Remember this: in the College World mm. Series, in, in who is alive right now is Florida, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M, and either one of them could win it. And
1: then of course football is lights out too. Oh my gosh, that's tough. If you had to make
2: one choice, where would it go? What do you? What feels more likely? Football. Thankfully.
1: Because I really don't I, I don't watch baseball that much. And plus hate to say it, but you know, Ole Miss, they were talking about, oh, we should get a national seat, we should get a national seat. They lose to Tulane, a team that was twenty seven and twenty six over the weekend. Tulane moves on. Ole Miss sits at home in Oxford and cries. So yes. it, well, who knows? Who knows? An SEC team could fall I, I, my pick right now, if I had to choose one, my money's going on football.
2: Yeah, I think that is the safer option. That's true. All right, now, this is kind of a cool... I just—I was actually just kind of interested in this question, and that is this. If you had to choose... Now, this is kind of a would you rather situation, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to choose between yourself being a star, uh, star athlete, which would you rather be? Would you rather be an MVP in the NFL as a quarterback mm-hmm. or... Be a MVP in the NBA as a point guard. Which of those two would Stephen Ray rather be? Basketball. Why so? I'm Less
1: interested. physical. Mm. Like with the hits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't take hits too well. So <laughs> I mean, even though in the NBA, of course, you have to uh, play more often. I still think with the way things are going and, and the way that you play and everything, I really feel like that uh, you, there, you put less miles and less tits and wear and tear on your body playing basketball. Uh, because let me, let me, let's be honest, uh, there's absolutely no way in college, foot, or in college football or in the NFL, that you could have 1,200 games under your belt like LeBron James has right now. So, mm. I mean, just th- th- think about that a little bit. And, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about getting hit in the head as much as you would with college football or the NFL. So your concussion level is way down playing basketball uh, other than, of course, the uh, rare ones like what happened to Kevin Love.
2: Yeah, I will say, though, however, be careful playing against Draymond Green because he'll, yes. he'll he'll kick you a little bit. And also, one good thing, I like your answer with the NBA, the cool thing about the NBA is you can be a star on offense and on defense, where the NFL, you're just quarterback, yep, you just throw right. and that's it.
1: All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Stingray and Tuck Show. We really hope that you have enjoyed this. We, of course, want to thank Matt Tynan for coming on. Ben Wyatt, wait, oh, excuse me. And also, we want to thank uh, Cecil Hart from Tuscaloosa News for coming on, and uh, next week hopefully we can continue our discussion uh, about college football and maybe have somebody else on talking about uh, another
2: conference. Absolutely. Make sure you stay tuned to StingrayAtTexter.com, and also stay tuned to our Facebook page. Uh, for our latest post, of course, our Twitter page is just at StingrayTuck. We try to throw different Twitter polls to you throughout the week and also get your perspective on the most interesting stories in sports.
1: And let us know, of course, how you feel about our show, what we can improve on, and, and what we're doing good. So make sure you tweet us and Facebook us or message us and let us know how we're doing. And uh, we have some exciting news upcoming, so we'll be... Uh, you know, we'll updating you on that as well, and we hope you guys enjoy your NBA Finals. Have a great week weekend, and we'll see you right back here on the website next
2: week. Absolutely, thank you so much for listening to the Steam Rancho. All right.